Here we go. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. You are now live from the Midnight Circus. This is Lahamadu, and I got a great show for you today. Today, our featured artist is Yates McKendry. He's got a brand new release out. We'll be listening to tracks from that. And of course, we'll be talking with Yates at the top of the hour. You're not going to want to miss that interview. Now, this is the voice of Indie Blues. This is the show that brings you nothing but currently touring artists who are out there creating new, original music rooted in the blues. We embrace the diversity of music that always has and still is being created from those roots. Now, if you get a chance, stop by our website. We've got some great articles, CD reviews, artist interviews, and so much more at makingascene.org. In the meantime, I have got some great new music I know you're going to love and some great new artists I can't wait to introduce you to. And of course, if you know me, you know I aim to misbehave. Down. One time 
so little time There's so many wonderful guys Gonna be mine I'll take the time to hug them Time to squeeze them Time to love them And time to tease them So many beautiful men So little time So 
joyfully taught me how to be brave and not fear and under her wings she promised to keep us safe and to always protect and provide Once I was taken from my home in 1839 Forced away to distant lands I was delivered Where the river ran silent Yes, a very sad, sad place I vowed to leave and find my way back To my singing river So for six long years I walked Walked over some 600 miles Straight home Straight on to my homeland The land they now call the shores Back to my people Mystical river, the mystical music river of song. Nuna se ishate, Nuna se ishate, Nuna se ishate, Nuna se. It's shot in the song of the river will fill your soul with pleasure. Do not say it's shot Do not say it's shot Do not say. It's shate, do not say it's shate.
There is truly an unbreakable bond Between the earth and open sky The wind that caresses the land And gives us peace of mind there are places that are holy Where the ancient spirits dance free Singing waters still flow Through the land they call Tennessee So quiet your mind And hear the river song Quiet your mind and hear the river sing. Nuna say, it's shate. Nuna say, it's shate. Nuna say, it's shate. Nuna say, it's shate. The song is shate.
wanna chase after you But I want some answers Do you know what you've done?
Here's the blues scale. Now you sing it with me. Breathe. Now let's try it like this.
just swimming through the gumbo. Gotta keep it head down, looking for the jumbo. Yeah. Gotta find a feeling, got the blues on Monday. Gotta swim back for the storm on Sunday. Or we're all gonna get wet. She was dancing with the boombox Passed right out and she fell in the boondock uh, It made a mighty sound We're Gonna have a party in the low-down swampland Grilling on some eagle with a no-name farmer uh, Just messing around That's it. Move on. <laughs> Sounding great, brothers. We're tracking in history right now, y'all.
see They are coming for us And the night is growing cold Put your arms around me This could be the sky These old men should be ashamed But we'll show them when we die We can never be silenced Hold your head so
rock these shades Gonna scream my name Make you shout now, honey Gonna make you whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. And now, here's an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, Little Red and the Rooster. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs.
and the rooster and we've got jennifer and pascal on the line right now hey guys how you doing hey we're doing pretty good now uh this is the first time you've come on our show and we always like to give our fans an opportunity to get to know an artist and the best way i've found to do that is to let you kind of give us your story, how you got to where you are today, how music has brought you two together. So give us the story of Little Red and the Rooster. Uh, how long do you have? Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, let's just say we're not a couple of spring chickens, so we've been around the block for a while. And uh, I'll just say, I'll start with my story started out in uh, Columbus, uh, suburb of Columbus, Ohio, uh, singing in the church, uh, musical family. Mom loves to play the trumpet, played lots of music around the house. So I grew up, um, I was very fortunate to grow up with parents who encouraged the arts, and so I grew up dancing and singing and experimenting on instruments and finally settled in on voice and uh, dancing. So I started out tap dancing, loved those old Hollywood movie musicals, and uh, especially Bojangles, and um, learned to tap dance, and uh, then forward all the way through performing arts high schools, and going through a first career in theater, and uh, you know always always being chased by that blue note. I always loved the blue note. And um, many years later, arrived in Paris and met this this crazy Frenchman on the guitar. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if my Frenchman here will speak to us. No, he doesn't have his guitar on him. That's usually how he talks. Okay. So I'll give you a little. Should I give you a little rundown of Pascal? Yes. There he spoke. Uh, so Pascal started. <laughs> Pascal's from Normandy, France, a little town in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, a little town outside of Bernay. And um, he saw a guitar when he was about five or six years old and just what dreamed of playing that guitar. So at about 11, his parents finally were able to get him a guitar and he started playing classical until the age of about 11. No, he started at 11 until about 16, mm-hmm. 17, when he discovered B.B. King on a record. We're talking vinyl here. Mm-hmm. So he started, started listening to B.B. Uh, King, and he never went back. That was his transition, and he's been blues ever since. And um, so playing for what, like 46 years? 46 years? Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the new release. Uh, when you guys were putting this together, what goal did you have in mind for this? Uh, this release, we were really... Um, our, we we like to create what we finally came up with title with, which is Retro Modern Blues. We both love vintage blues and rhythm and blues from like up until the 1960s. So when the shuffles swing and the and there's still a bounce, that's the music we love. So that's where that's the direction of the music on the album. And then it's been just a political nightmare for me, you know, just the past, you know, I guess it's almost been a decade now. 
I guess, of like just crazy political stuff happening. And I just wanted to get my voice out there with my opinions on, you know, you can't love the blues without loving the people. Right. You know, you got to support the people. And, uh, and I don't know, I feel like I've, maybe it's age, I don't know, but I feel like I'm in a position where I'm willing to put my message out there. And if people don't like it, they don't like it, but I'm going to put it out there anyways. So that was the direction of the album. Okay. Now, um, let's talk about you as songwriters. Uh, when you sit down to begin that process, what is kind of your uh, way of getting things rolling or getting that the juices flowing when you sit down to begin the write? I'd say, you know, it's something really, we are a couple, we're married, and um, it, it's really easy for us. It's amazingly easy. Um, each song kind of comes from its own place. Sometimes it comes from the lyrics, and sometimes Pascal just has a has an idea coming from a riff and a rhythm and um we we draw from from songs that we love like old howlin wolf or on this album there's a lot of ruth brown and there was some of the other um lockwood jr there was uh blind boy fuller um oh there was all kinds of uh albert king um, so we just like, we'll hear a song and it'll kind of inspire something. And then it just really takes off and we just let it, we just let it do its thing and give it, let it get its life. Okay. Now, you know, I find that, you know, lyrics, when you sit down to write lyrics, it's a, it's a craft. The more you do it, mm -hmm. the better you get at it. Um, and it, it's a very logical process because you have to have a story. You need to have continuity within that story. You need to have rhyme. You need to have meter. But melody's different. It's a different function of the brain. And every songwriter has their own way of finding their melodic ideas, whether it's working off of a, uh, a groove or a rhythm and allowing the melody to freeform or taking the lyric and, and allowing the cadence of that lyric to kind of dictate where that melody should go. When you sit down to find your melodic ideas, what what is your process that helps you find what you're looking for? I would say I'm, rhythm really grabs me. Um, so it definitely comes from the rhythmic phrasing of the words and the meaning. Um, definitely, I definitely go with the meaning of the words. I like to shape around the color of the words. Um, and then the notes, um, I wouldn't say that melody creation is my strongest, but, um, you know, Pascal often helps with, um, guitar riffs. Uh, I listen to a lot of saxophone solos and that inspires me a lot. Okay. I'll scat. I'll scat and record myself and then see if I can shape any of those notes around the rhythm of the of the words. So that's that's pretty much where it comes from. All right. Now, you know, a, a lot of songwriters have embraced some of the technology today as tools in their toolkit. We've got some great new tools that we can utilize as writers. Uh, whether it's the cell phone to capture those momentary ideas or 
you have a home studio that allows you to kind of lay out structure and, and, and write to that structure. Uh, what are some of the tools that you have found that have become indispensable to you as a writer? Uh, well, definitely the memo on a, on the uh, iPhone. And um, the other thing is I record into GarageBand. So uh, Pascal has discovered Logic Pro and loves to build basically demos for me then to work the melody on, which is fantastic. So he like pulls drums from from YouTube a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can say that. Pulls drums from YouTube, he plays the bass, he drops the guitars, layers of guitars, does some soloing, and then, you know, we just start working from there. I start laying down melody ideas and then it goes back and forth i'll say oh we need a bridge here or this chord change here and and it just goes back and forth that way so we've got logic pro i use GarageBand, uh the iphones and we both use transcribe which is a phenomenal app because you can slow down and change the key of anything so uh that that really helps you can really gives me an idea i can slow it down i can just repeat a section until I find something, can change the key to find where it fits the best in my voice. But yeah, those are our, I'd say those are our biggest. Do you have any more, Pascal? Logic. Logic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, um, of course, every songwriter gets to the point where they have to put that pen down. They have to declare the song at least finished at the writing stage because, you know, it always evolves. You know, it just keeps going in mm. and as you perform it out, as you go into the studio. But you have to get to that point where you give it to the band and you allow them to kind of put their fingerprints on it and the producer to give his little input. What do you do to determine when a song is ready to move to that next phase? Uh, we perform out a lot. I mean, like, we, we, we get the songs out there. Like, even when it's, like uh, there have been songs where I wrote it that day and we just put it out there at a concert that night. Cause there are certain venues where we play, where we have fans who, you know, they, they're supportive of us. They, they enjoy that, the process. So I like to get them out there and see how they feel. And so that feedback from the audience, the, um, how the rhythm feels in front of an audience. Cause it's, it, sometimes it'll work recorded, but it doesn't work. It just doesn't feel right live. And um, so, yeah, we test them. We've tested songs for years. We, uh, I mean, there are a couple songs on this recording that have been recorded before in very different versions, and they just weren't quite right. And then, boom, we finally found it. So we definitely we play them out until they feel right. Okay. Now, um, having a good song is half the battle. Uh, going into the studio and creating its sound is an art form in itself. And every artist has their way of working in that environment to capture the sound they're looking for. When you get into the studio, into that environment, what is your process that, that helps you capture the sound you're looking for? Well, first of all, um, we searched... We researched and found Blaze Barton at Joyride Studios, and 
his sound is something I love. So right there, we know automatically we've got a guy with ears that know the sound we like. And uh, we like to, we definitely record rhythm, all of the rhythm live. Is, uh, that's important for us. Because you can't, you can't get that swing, you can't get that bounce unless it's live. Right. You just can't, it, it just won't swing. It's, it just doesn't. So I do scratch vocals. Sometimes those vocals end up being part of the final vocals. So we're definitely live oriented. Um, but then we do layer on because we like layering. Um, as you can tell with this album, especially, which <laughs> there were some songs where I called it Pascal's sound wall, <laughs> like little girl, mm. little girl is definitely a sound wall. And, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Okay. Now tell me a little bit about the, the lineup on this. Who's playing on it? Okay. So this was, I was really excited about this one cause I, um, being a percussionist in the blues, Kenny Smith is like, he, I just love him. I, he's fantastic. And, uh, and I mean, there are a lot of great blues drummers out there, but Kenny, he feels it the way I feel it. And he's, he's dynamic. Like he can play soft. He can play loud. He can, he can really swing and he can really bounce. And, um, I was actually a fan of his dad's. That was the first place when I was learning a shuffle i was playing along with his dad so it was just natural to shift to kenny and so i so he was the first person when it came to this album i was like we approached him he loved the music he was like sure i'm in and i asked him i said okay so i know that rhythm sections it's so important that the two play well together and that they enjoy playing together so i said you know who who do you love playing with that you know can do the vintage bouncing swinging blues and handle the songs and he said felton cruz immediately so we are really really happy to meet felton he's just fantastic and he he was like can i play my six string bass on your album said some people don't like it when i do that i was like bring it on (laughs) bring on that six string bass so that was our core and uh then the saxophone player is, uh, he's French. He's from Paris and he's played with Pascal for decades. And he's one of my favorite performers on stage. He's just, he's so dynamic. He, uh, he raises his level even if he's just clapping his hands. But you put him on that baritone sax and he's just incredible. But, um, so because of the pandemic, we couldn't bring him to the studio. He wasn't allowed to come to the United States. We did have to do a little of that tracking in Paris and then sending it over. But uh, it all worked out. That all worked out really well. Okay. Now, um, of course, once you get something recorded, you have to uh, assemble your team. Uh, get it out to radio. Get it out to press. You know, create the buzz. And you're working with Betsy Brown from Blind Raccoon. Uh, tell me a little bit about how that relationship began and how that relationship is, is growing at this point. We're just blown away by Betsy's work. She's phenomenal. And she's so cool. We, uh, we, she was recommended to us by Dave Spector, who produced our first album. And um, 
we set up a call with her. We sent her sent her the recording with the cover art, and she got back to me immediately and said, I knew from the cover art I was going to love this album. She said, I would love to work with you guys. And then she recommended the Blue Heart label. She recommended Sally to us, which yes. we didn't know anything about. And uh, they are so great. I loved working with two women. That was just, I just thought that was great. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's how that happened. We were searching, and it was just by chance that we just clicked. Okay. Now, you know, since the pandemic, I mean, of course, we were all shut down. Nobody was going anywhere. And we're starting to kind of ramp up, but it also has brought its own share of problems, you know, coming out of this pandemic, whether it's, you know, a lack of venues, um, you know, it's harder to uh, route a tour today. What are some of the biggest challenges that you're finding right now in the music industry, getting your yourself back into touring and back into performing live again uh it's been it's it's been rough we we uh fly back and forth a lot so we spend a lot of time between france and the united states because pascal is french and um we were during the pandemic we actually we were all right um we set up live streams five days a week and we were able to get by quite well actually but as soon as things started opening up it got more difficult. It's like we had, we had all of our gigs that were canceled before that we were able to reschedule, but things have been, uh, venues are weary of booking and fans are weary of buying tickets in advance. So it's getting really difficult, really difficult to book. And now the, and people aren't streaming, aren't watching the live streams as much. Right, right, because they're they're going out. Yeah, so we're kind of stuck in a another transition place, trying to figure this whole music industry out. All right, now um, let's talk a little bit about the music industry in terms of the consumer. Um, I mean, we all have to face the fact that. Uh, the consumer has embraced streaming as a way to consume music. Uh, and the problem with that is, is that recorded music now is no longer a product. You don't go to the store and you don't mm -hmm. buy a CD. There's nothing to buy anymore. It's now a service. It's something that people expect to be on their phones whenever they look for it. Uh, if they look hear about an artist, the first thing they do is they go on Spotify, they look for the artist. If they don't find that artist on Spotify, they just move on. They discount them as not being you know relevant. Um, how has this shift in perception by the consumer affected you as an artist? I, I would actually say that um, for music industry in general, we're still kind of lucky because blues fans still buy CDs at concerts. Not maybe not as much as before, but they still are conscious that they are supporting us by buying products. Um, the disadvantage is we're not kids, so our fans aren't 
you know, the streaming experts and it feels like it's a popularity contest. You know, it's like if you're a 20 year old and you've got, you know, 15,000 followers, well, then you can get a little money on Spotify. But, you know, if you're, if you're older and you're transitioning into the streaming world and we don't have that many followers, then we don't get any money for our, you know, for our few streams. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And that's why someone like Betsy is so important and why these radio shows are so important because then people discover us and more streams. But I keep thinking there's got to be there's got to be something else. There's got to be another way to do this. Well, you know it's interesting because you know if you look at the streaming um, and and how they are structured as far as the revenue for independent artists, we know the record companies went to these streaming services and they created their own deals because you know they have the big artists, the ones that the fans are are most you know attracted to. But if you look at the the bulk of the content that these services really provide, uh, it, it is really coming from the independent artists. And they're getting mm-hmm. the short end of this stick. And it's not a sustainable business model. You cannot continue to look to the independent community to supply content and not give them the revenue stream options to at least break even on a project you know Mm -hmm. you know even if they're not going to make a ton of money i mean at least get to the point where the streaming revenue will at least give you the opportunity to break even what do you think needs to happen to kind of right that ship to get us to a point where we're at that that you know a sustainable model that works for the independent artist community well, that's a really interesting question. Um, I don't really know how all of the analytics work. Um, you know, from from my perspective, what I've been working on is trying to educate fans so they understand what's happening and uh, can do their part to help. But, uh, you know, the in Europe, most of the countries have systems that support artists. So as long as you, you have different ways of qualifying with that, with so many concerts per year, then you get so much of a stipend, a support to live. And to me, that is cultures recognizing the importance of art and supporting it. And I think in the United States, we're still stuck on, it's all about capitalism. It's all about making a profit. And we kind of lose our culture you know, the the value of um, supporting great artists, you know what I mean? Not popular artists, right. if that makes sense. Well, yeah, I mean, you know? in Canada, they have the FACTA program, which is, oh. a, which is a granting program that you can get a grant to record, tour, uh, do your marketing, all of that, um, and that grant will at least give you the opportunity, since you're not paying up front for it, to at least get to a point where you can, you know, you can create income that's sustainable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would love to see something like that happen here in the United States, though I find it would be extremely difficult to pull off, especially in the current um, political climate. Let's put it that way. Yeah, um, it, it's 
to me because I think it it could happen easily, but it's the political thinking around it that would not allow it to happen. But it's these systems pay for themselves, so it's you know. Oh yeah, because it's I mean, <laughs> if you really look at it, I mean, the independent artist touring community is a micro economy in itself. In that. You know, they're supporting, you know, gas stations and restaurants and venues and mm-hmm. hotels and motels. All of those things are a part of that, that micro economy of touring artists, you know, because mm-hmm. they got to go out on the road, mechanics and oil changes and all of those things mm-hmm. that, you know, people don't realize are part of the world of touring, you know. Every 3,000 mm-hmm. miles, or if you're in synthetic, every 6,000 miles, you, you know, you got to change your oil, whether you're on the road or not. You got to, you got to do it to maintain your vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there is this whole economy that if, if you want to invest in that, you know, you will get a return, you know, with, yeah. with all of these artists out there, you know taking advantage of these these ancillary businesses now the other thing i've been watching really closely is there is new technology come that that is out there right now um that is creating these new streaming services that are based on the blockchain now i know a lot of people are saying well you know you can't stop spotify because they're so big well I don't know, man. I look at the history of, of uh, the digital revolution. And we started with Napster and everyone said, oh, you can never stop Napster. Well, along <laughs> came iTunes. Apple <laughs> took over the, you know, the world, created the iPod and started selling music at 99 cents a piece. They didn't care about, you know, the music part of it. They just wanted content for their iPods, you know, so they could sell uh, delivery devices and mm. so now you know everyone said oh apple is so huge it's a big company no one will ever unseat apple and then along comes spotify and mm. you know they took over the mantle nobody nobody buys downloads anymore they don't want to store them who's what was the last time you saw an ipod you know everyone's <laughs> using their phones you know so it has evolved now streaming has to evolve as well and we have to evolve it in a way that is advantageous to the artists themselves um mm-hmm. and this new streaming platform streaming based uh, uh blockchain uh streaming services they have several advantages number one there's they're decentralized in other words no one company owns them it's more of a direct relationship between the artist and the fan. The other thing is they're claiming that they can pay the artist up to 80% of the incoming revenue directly to the artist. Now, do you think that this is a, a good way to go as we move for the future in the music industry? Uh, it's, the way you're describing it sounds really good. Um, the only the thing that bothers me about the streaming way that the streaming is is that it like I said before it's like a popularity contest. It's kind of like you know in the bars where you had to 
you got a percentage of the entry fee, so people who had a lot of friends were able to be successful musicians, but really great musicians who didn't, you know, maybe spend too much time alone, didn't quite have the following. So as long as these streaming services can support quality music, um, I think that's an element that's really important. And it's not just who, you know, someone is really popular on TikTok because you, uh, some quirky thing they did rather than, you know, they've, they've uh, cultivated their, their skills and their emotion into a song and the music and the instruments, you know? So, yeah, I'm looking for that kind of thing in the future of, of the music industry. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, when the pandemic hit, of course, everyone went online and started that, you know, live streaming and uh, they started to work their social media and content became the new new way of branding. You know, whether mm-hmm. it was music videos, a live stream or even just showing your life. I mean, I know artists that are I know uh, one artist, uh, Mindy Abar, who um, saxophone blues player, uh, does you know cooking you know with her husband, and uh, they have their own line of wines, and they open a bo- couple bottles of wine, and by the end of the cooking, you know they're they're buzzed and and hungry, uh, but it's it's fun to watch, you know, and people. You know, people really have been acclimated to this whole reality show kind of content. And that's what they're really kind of thirsting for. They want to be able to know the artist as people. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. as we move forward into the future, this this branding through social media and through content is going to be more and more important to the artist, to the independent artist, to gaining that fan base that's going to help generate income in the future. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How, are you, how are you guys fitting into that world? I've been experimenting a lot and shifting around. And like I said, during the pandemic, we were doing, we did 25-minute live streams, basically four songs, five days a week. And we built up a regular crew of people who are still we do it one day a week now but we couldn't stop doing it because we have fan we have these same people over in canada and over in sweden and you know they're all over the place and and they've become family so we keep that going and um have added to that what i liked uh doing for this latest release was i created a private facebook group so that we could get sillier so it's like our page can be more professional and have, you know, the stuff that booking agents or, you know, people who don't know us can see what we're doing. But then we have this private group, which basically anybody can join. We call them our VIPs. And uh, that's where we're sharing the behind the scenes in the studio and, and you know, the inspirations of the songs funny videos we'll do some like snapchat filter fun and so that's that's kind of how that's how we've found it's working because people get notices and it seems to work with the algorithms and and people like being involved it kind of feels more like a community um so yeah other than 
think we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, because that's where our fans are. We've tried TikTok, but it's not worked for us. (laughs) 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 We have fun with Snapchat, but I don't really know how it works as far as, like, you know, platform. We just, like, make funny pictures. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us. It's been a real pleasure. And um, we're going to give everyone out there an Indie Blues double shot from your new release. You guys are going to love this. Uh, you know what? Turn it up loud. Screw the names. We're going to have some fun tonight. <laughs>
loving you, baby. I got my integrity. Keep on. Keep on. I'm gonna keep on loving you. I'm gonna keep on loving you. I keep on loving you, baby. Your voice ring out. 
artist or a fan that loves them making a scene.org is the place for you for the music fan we bring you in-depth interviews and cd reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music for the independent artist we bring you articles on music business recording techniques gear reviews and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution.
no projects long Be hanging out with all the skid row ones I may be sick and I may seem dumb That don't mean you know where I'm coming from
over what you Because you know that was not true We just had so much emotion
moment you realize, how could there possibly be this many blues?
text of a silence, she'd shake heaven down. Don't cross the men who run Tinseltown. Don't do it, Simone. You don't wanna mess around out in Hollywood. So when the police came to take a body away from that bloody red carpet, one just had to say, what a shame and a waste, if you know what I mean. Take a footprints, get shot to the scene. She always said she would end up on the red carpet.
about your status, don't matter what you call. It really don't matter about nothing at all. Cause all folk, all folk get the blues. Yeah, all folk, all folk get the blues. You're waking late each morning, your head all cross and soul. You're still reeling and a rocking from the night you had before. But blues are heat the trouble, man, the job's on the line. And if you wanna keep it, you best get to it on time. Yeah, all folk, all folk get the blues. Yeah, all folk, all folk get the blues. You got yourself a class action and family dispute, and there ain't nobody with you, and damages acute. You got to navigate the storm. You got to satisfy the crew. Got yourself a mutiny and it's all up to you Yeah, all folk, all folk get the blues Yeah, all folk, all folk get the blues She love it, you think she's stepping out She's been acting quite suspicious Though the devil about When he conjure up enough, man Boy, your concern She says you got issues And drops you with a burn All folk, all folk get the blues Yeah, all folk, all folk get the blues No matter what your status No matter what you call it really don't matter about nothing at all Cause all folk, all folk get the blues Yeah, all folk, all folk get the blues He was hit by a truck And you were lying out in that gutter dying And you had time to sing one song Huh? One song That came by my house 
she way she wanted And it brought her down to She liked the bachata And she messed around too Little too much I said don't fly too close to the sun It might hurt you Such a beautiful soul Gone too soon With a big open heart From the earth to the moon I'm gonna miss you Katie And I'll always love you Let me show you
pawn shop Paid a man a dollar and a half And they tore the rig of theater down It's not coming back in a smoke-filled nightclub on the edge of town. It's a pleasant environment, but uh, but in the 21st century, uh, you know, you don't even have to leave the couch. Just turn on the TV and commercials or as theme songs, you will see and hear the blues are everywhere. I'm Elwood.
the switch You know the bright lights could be black as pitch What you gonna do when the lights go out? What you gonna do when you can't call home? What you gonna do if the car don't run And you can't call home no more?
my show for tonight i hope you enjoyed yourself i hope you heard some artists that you didn't know about and enjoyed some artists that you did and remember all of these artists that i played on this show are out there right now touring and creating new original music rooted in the blues if you want to keep the blues alive, you have to support the artists who are out there creating that new music. Because it is a living art form that is being performed every single night somewhere in the world. So, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. You can find out about some great new artists and the ones that we played on this show tonight, add them to your playlist. And you can discover them on our website. So, till next time, this is Lahamadou. Tech, I'm out of here. Baby, just gone away. Doctor left home with my friend. I gone, lost my dog, I'm alone. Just fought somebody. I mean, found it funny. I got knocked in the head, man, by old friends. I lying here, think I'm dead. Gonna drink for the old damn time Gonna keep back every seat Till I can't handle it See, bombs up to me They drink for Fill her up more, 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 more And bombs up I ain't hit the floor Fill her up more, 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 more And bombs up to me They drink for Fill her up Oh, for sale. I got nowhere, no one I'm feeling low, just one more.